Welcome to Machine Learning. Today I want to talk about Cisco, one of the best companies uh, out there, one of the fastest growing ones, and uh, talk about Cisco's strategy. In Cisco experience, excessive secrecy may signal a lack of openness and honesty. Cisco looks for flexible flexibility in the candidate company and is converse, conversant and how widely they share equity. We don't deal with them if the candidate company has aggressive vesting of stock op- options, says Guy Carlo. We prefer golden handcuffs, typically consisting of two-year non-compete agreements with key executives and technical personnel and provision of Cisco stock options that vest over time. This technique is effective to retain key personnel. Okay, that book was uh, called Hidden Value. And uh, and in that, he said, it said uh, Cisco defines company mission as the following. Be the supplier of choice by leading all competi- competitors in the customer satisfaction, product leadership, market share, and profitability. So if you stop and think about what they're their mission is basically they want to have a very strong relationship with the supplier which means that parts for the network equipment is going to be both high quality and on time and their standards are going to be able to meet uh, Cisco's requirements number two they want to have customer satisfaction they deliver products the end products the uh, routers, gateways, networking equipment um, is very reliable and and scalable, and so they they get that that performance plus will uh, give customer satisfaction, and then they want it to be product leaders and market share. Well, I guess if you look at the fact that. The world is moving to these huge data centers where, you know, it used to be you could co-locate a server. Now we don't even think about that. It's all virtualized. And you're running in the cloud somewhere on a virtual machine. You use a Docker to run all your microservices, um, build your pipelines on Amazon for your machine learning, and you'll have data lakes on the cloud using Redshift. So you can see that there's going to be large amounts of data that um, will require networks to support. So Cisco will be in that position. Said uh, Cisco's business purpose is to shape the future of global networking by creating unprecedented opportunities and value for customers, employees, partners, and investors. So their, 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 their purpose is pretty well defined. They want partners, they want you know strong customers, customers that are gonna keep their profit margins high. I mean, that's kind of the paradox, is that if you are a small company, can you afford a Cisco equipment? So even though it's performing very well, it's handling the fiber optic, uh, 5G, etc the margins for profit are extremely high. So will there be 
a new competitor that will enter in that will provide let's say a comparable in the race it would be a comparable quality but at a discount such that it won't be a barrier for the small companies and that would be the paradox that could surprise Cisco if they're not aware of the large market of potential customers out there um, because that are not going to give them that high profit margin but yet because of their volume and the uh, amount of money that this group, large group, could provide um, might be an opportunity they miss. Now, one of the things I found interesting is Linux, that operating systems were somewhat this way in the 90s. They were very proprietary. They're expensive to run um, on license, and they were powerful. And they, they, had, they performed uh, lots of computations. You could have lots of users. Um, it handled, it did things in terms of process instead of threads. And then the Windows operating system became pretty powerful. That with a 32-bit operating system, then the 64, and especially with Windows NT, the success of Windows NT, and multi-core operating systems, businesses started paying attention and they began running more of their back-end server applications on Windows. And it used to be that you'd have to reboot Windows frequently, but the server's code was extremely well-written and it was very stable. And so the servers were not rebooted and as the value continued to increase for the cost, then you started seeing more of a displacement from the Unix world to the Windows, Windows Server. And now today, most companies run most of their back off with office with Windows Server, Server because of the GUI interfaces and the tools that Microsoft built. Um, so again, you know, this isn't a Microsoft story. This is a Cisco story. But it, uh, it still highlights the strategies, how if the strategies for long-term um, positioning with the key partners and customers, then you, you can grow your company. Okay, a global network business is an enterprise of any side strategically using information and communication to build a network of strong interactive relations with its constituents. Okay, that's a good definition. Cisco recognizes that if the company does not have internal resources to develop a new product within six months, it must buy its way into the market or miss the window of opportunity. Well, that's pretty fast. I mean, you know, to develop a, a product in six months means that much of the technology is already proven and it's going to be repackaged or enhanced or there's going to be some angle to use, utilizing the existing technology because you can't build technology, new technology that quick and so um, again it seems to play on the paradoxes which is that uh, your innovation is occurring with the small companies 
they're quicker to understand and to adapt the technology and then find that niche and then uh, taking that existing technology and scaling it would be something that maybe Cisco is good at and uh, and building you know a strong standard around the new innovative technology Cisco's initial approach to acquisition would have problems Cisco's core Strategy for growth was acquisition. One of the primary purposes for acquisition was engineering talent. Okay, so yeah, yeah, you know, if you look, um, I think in the book, I did see that there was a long list of, of acquisitions that, that Cisco had acquired, and, and it continues to do that. So, you know, again, is it, you know, a company that's got a lot of money and then spends a lot of time shopping looking for um, companies that are innovative that could fill market niches and then taking those those new innovations to market would make Cisco look very agile very clean and at the same time it would give them access to um, the engineering talent pool the real question is whether or not they would see the opportunity in the product and Say like you, you do build a uh, a product, a, a networking product that uses AI and enhances the um, defense against cyber attacks, and uh, and then it, you know you pull in the engineering team. Will Cisco be willing to advance that new innovative technology above maybe some existing technology they already have customers based? with even though the new technology might be uh, significantly better and that would be the question of whether or not in a big company the politics would interfere with innovations Um, Cisco emphasized the importance of being either one or two in each segment in which they compete so they want to keep market presence volume and uh, and they're looking to stay agile Acquiring the engineering teams and talents that they need in order to position themselves and stay there. I looked at their stock, and they seem the stock seems to be uh, performed pretty good. Um, it's still not enough. It didn't have a strong enough stability for me to to want to invest in it. But it it did have good growth. It used to be in the 90s with a really rapid acceleration. That uh, Cisco was the company to be invested in because of its growth. So Cisco prefers to acquire companies that are much smaller. Um, Acquisitions are screened on five principles. Presence of shared vision, right chemistry, cultural compatibility, likelihood of a short win for both parties, long-term win for for all parties, and reasonable geographic proximity. I wonder why they want the reasonable proximity. Maybe it's just because they they need to, you know, have meetings, and they feel that communication with this new group, since it's going to be moving quickly, is going to be critical, and they're going to need to adjust to the uh, company culture. So they kind of look like they assimilate the company, make sure that the you know there isn't a division in in uh, ideals and directions and visions and then 
make sure that there's a win-win short term and that things are going to work out for both parties long term. Chambers said, we've learned that to make acquisitions successful, you have to tell employees up front what you're going to do because trust is everything in the business. You have to go tell them early so you don't betray their trust later. I think that's great because why have surprises? Surprises are damaging, especially when the information disclosed up front could have led to a different outcome. And so I think that's a good advice. And so because they're honest up front, they're trustworthy. Over 70% of the senior managers from acquired firms are still with Cisco. They like them. There's that long-term win-win strategy that's working. The senior managers stay because they now have a corporate resources and backing to pursue their dreams. See, and that's, if you had a small company and you could be acquired by Cisco for a particular goal that they want, and Cisco's dedicated to that goal long-term, then you would have access to the company resources and um, and then facilitate that innovation to a level that that you couldn't do by yourself. So maybe that's why if you were a startup or a small company that were being acquired by Cisco would be the dream. In the typical acquisition, the engineering, marketing, sales units will be integrated into the sponsoring business unit while human resource services, manufacturing, distribution are merged into the Cisco infrastructure. The process has been refined to a point that usually takes two or three months, with smaller acquisitions being completed in fewer, few as 10 days and largest with 1,200 employees taking only four months. Well, they've got good systems to be able to bring in and absorb that much data that quickly, get everything uh, under a business unit in the company and then respond uh, as, a, as a company entity. Cisco pays between $500,000 and $2 million per employee, which is a phenomenal amount of money. The economic rationale for retaining these assets is clear. Well, it's nice because they want to, they value the engineering talent and uh, talent's hard to acquire. Chambers said of his experience at IBM and Wang, I learned at both companies that in high tech, if you don't stay ahead of trends, they'll destroy everything you work for and tragically disrupt the lives of your employees. Skills and strategy is the way to win against a smarter opponent. Hmm. That's an interesting point. Skills and strategy is the way to win against a, a smarter opponent. So Cisco doesn't claim to have the smartest employees. They don't even claim to be the most technological. What they do claim is that they can acquire the skills and that they have the strategy to take those skills to market and become competitive in that in the market. Three things can get you fired at Cisco. Not producing business results, not recruiting and developing the right people, and not being a team player. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, interesting that they're working as a collective rather than individual. 
where you could, you know, you're trying to get a singular innovative idea and a niche. Cisco says, we, we want to work as a team. We want to implement the corporate strategies and we want to acquire the right skill sets in order to achieve um, market position in the areas that they feel are strategically important. Okay, so Cisco espouses five core values, dedication to customer success, innovation and learning, partnership, teamwork, doing more with less. Chambers contacts customers each day and he says, I want to hear the emotion. I want to hear the frustration. I want to hear the person's level of comfort with the strategy we're employing. And you can't get through that through emails. See, I like Chambers because that's what I was saying in one of my earlier podcasts, that if you're a a good manager, you learn to listen. Listening is actually a skill set that is uh, is difficult to acquire and it's valued as a manager. So Chambers does um, espouse that core value. Cisco believed that meeting time to market guidelines was the key to successfully dominating the market. They realized that Cisco needed to act like a small company from product development point of view while retaining big company strengths in manufacturing, distribution, and finance. Yeah, see, that would be the real value is that they could act like a big company in handling the things that could be uh, generically applied to large groups of people. That would be finance, where the money comes from, manufacturing, steps to produce the uh, item, and uh, manufacturing the uh, production of the components that make the items. Well, and then at the same time, they needed to be small and agile, like a small company, to deal with the abstraction, the synergy of the brain think, and taking good ideas and <coughs> and bringing those ideas to prototype and uh, proving that they're successful and then implementing that to a level that of engineering that could be run in the, in the real world. Roger Sant and Dennis Bakke wrote a book called Creating Abundance, America's Least Cost Energy Strategy. The book reflected the emerging views and gave some answers to the energy crisis. The primary answer was product services, heat, light, power at the lowest possible cost. Well, I'm not going to go off on that one. But uh, what good is it to be, to what the good it does it do to have smart, trained, <coughs> informed, committed people who can't take action? That just really cramps your style. It only creates frustration. Driving out fear and help, helping people feel secure is a central core value in all successful businesses. Implementing organizational structures that permit knowledge, skills, and insights of firms people to, and people to be recognized and implemented. Performance depends on the degree of centralization 
and delegation of decision-making authority. Successful companies attract and develop talent and intellectual capital and build relationships of mutual commitment with their people. Yeah, you like that. You don't want to have your talent uh, acquiring the skills that you want as a company only to see that talent leave. A critical core value for senior management is to organize so intellectual capital and energy can be used to affect business decisions. Wow. See, that's huge. Listen to that statement again. A critical core value for senior management is to organize so intellectual capital and energy can be used to affect business decisions and operations. So important. In real delegation and empowerment, people consult others from throughout the organization, including senior leadership, but in the end, they make decisions and are held accountable for results. Listen to the market and, and the consumer focus. Hear what the consumer wants and acts, <coughs> wants and then act. Look at how firms act, not what it says. Yeah, bottom line businesses, action's all that matters. Talk is cheap. Competitors cannot imitate successful companies because they don't understand them, nor believe the values that drive the successful company. It's impossible to imitate values and culture in a company without comprehensive understanding and commitment to values and culture. Senior management should see their roles as managing the day-to-day -day business or, or as not managing the day-to-day -day business or even with grand strategy, but as setting and reinforcing vision, values, and culture of the organization. Yeah, what is the culture of the organization? What are the values of the organization? Uh, a lot of times you don't, even when you go to the state of the company speeches, you don't even really, do you really hear the strategies? Do you really hear the core values? Sometimes the senior manager will share some of their strategies and you wonder, well, how does that affect me? You know, I guess could go back to my office. I don't know if it really impacted me, but core values of the company um, as we saw in Cisco what their core values were they wanted skills they, they wanted uh, they wanted innovation but at the same time they wanted to behave like a large company and be able to leverage uh, scalability that a large company could do provide the resources for the innovation be, become basically almost a society or a cultural society where you could get things done. Organizing for teams is not a belief in a fad, but a, the, from the belief that teams are fundamental in getting work done. Teams give people a sense of purpose and a feeling of belonging. In, a com in competitive environments, it's not the natural tendency for individuals to form teams. Team organization must become a value of senior management and those values must be transmitted through the organization. How to attack, attract the right talent. Designing screening process to help identify individuals that share same values as the company and will fit with the company culture. Most companies focus on skills for a specific job. This approach meets the human resource requirements but can prove to be a disruptive disruption to the organization. Can he change the culture of the organization? 
people center firms hire for how well the people will fit the company. This does not mean HR will ignore the candidate's ability, but they will consider values additionally. The person must feel comfortable long-term in the organization. Core values should include the desire to learn new things, be a part of a team, accept responsibility. By beginning with the explicit set of values and screening people against these, companies will increase their chance that people will join, will share values and culture of the organization. Values-driven management practices help define strategy, the exact opposite of what conventional wisdom teaches. Values help solve perplexing problems, keep the company moving in the right direction, keep policies from becoming bureaucratic. Business practices must align with company values. This keeps inconsistency at bay. Why are values important? We want to believe that our work is important and our work is making a difference to others. No one can be more be very motivated if they genuinely believe that they are doing is worthless or violates their fundamental values. People want to be respected, thought of or a peep uh, of as a people and not economic agent and be around people with similar beliefs and values. Why does do teams need to be promoted as a core value? Teamwork across groups or divisions with others whom a person sees infrequently is not likely to be highly valued. In this world, status comes from getting more money and promotions, not helping customers or fellow employees. And, you know, that's, that's a danger when you start chasing the dollar is that you ignore your core values and it destroys your culture. Once you destroy your culture, <clears throat> then your profits start to drop as quality and your profit margins narrow as companies who do value values become more competitive, produce better quality, attract better talent and skill sets. Um, the culture emphasizes individual achievement and short-term success, not mutual obligation, trust, and loyalty. See, there's a difference there. They're, they're, you're getting all these short-term successes, building that energy in the group. Uh, it's building that excitement. And as that energy and excitement builds, you're going to have much better loyalty across the group rather than being stochastic and static and demanding loyalty and demanding trust you know those are those are all things that uh, uh, a, a old company that is very um, flat and maybe held on to positions for a long time maybe act like and because they've got the they've got their accumulated wealth but they they've lost the drive for growth and so they're maintaining status quo and uh, trying to keep their talent by coercion. Uh, team rewards make being part of the team attractive.